0: Welcome to Haunted Grove, the podcast that brings you the darkest, most spine-tingling stories from the world of the unknown. If you're a fan of cryptic tales, paranormal events, and unexplained mysteries, then you're in the right place. Each week, we'll take you on a journey into the shadows, exploring the macabre, the supernatural, and the downright terrifying. Our team of expert storytellers will guide you through tales of ghosts, monsters, haunted places, and more. But be warned, these stories are not for the faint of heart. may keep you up at night, make you check under your bed, or have you looking over your shoulder. So, buckle up, listeners, and get ready to journey into the mysterious and macabre with Haunted Grove. Let's dive in. The Monolith's Curse. The sun beat down mercilessly on the barren desert as the small group of travelers made their way across the sand. They had been walking for days, each step taking them further into the heart of the wilderness. It was a treacherous journey, with danger at every turn, but they had no choice but to press on. Their guide, a grizzled old man named Joe, led them with a steady hand. He knew the dangers of the desert better than anyone, having spent most of his life wandering its desolate wastes. He was a man of few words, but his presence was reassuring to the rest of the group. As they walked, the landscape began to change. The sand gave way to rocky outcroppings and scrub brush, and the air grew cooler. It was as if they were entering a different world, a world that had been hidden from view until now. The travelers pressed on, following Joe deeper into the desert. They had come in search of something, though none of them were quite sure what it was. Some whispered of a lost city, buried beneath the sand, while others spoke of a treasure beyond imagining. Whatever their reasons for coming, they were all united in their quest. They were a ragtag group, brought together by fate and circumstance, but they were determined to see their journey through to the end. As they walked, the landscape grew ever more strange. The rocks began to take on peculiar shapes, twisted and distorted as if by some unseen force. The air grew thick with an oppressive heat, and the travelers began to feel as if they were being watched. They pressed on nonetheless, drawn ever deeper into the heart of the desert. And then, one day, they came upon a strange sight. In the distance, they could see a towering monolith rising up from the sand. It was a massive structure, its sides carved with intricate symbols and designs. It seemed to pulsate with an otherworldly energy, and the travelers were both drawn to it and repelled by it at the same time. Joe led them closer, his eyes fixed on the monolith. He seemed to know what they were looking for, though he refused to speak of it. As they drew nearer, they could feel the energy of the monolith growing stronger. It was as if the very air around them was alive, pulsing with an ancient power. And then, suddenly, they were there. Standing before the monolith, staring up at its towering height. The travelers were silent, each lost in their own thoughts. It was then that the ground began to shake. The travelers stumbled and fell, struggling to maintain their balance as the very earth beneath their feet seemed to heave and buck. And then, with a great crack, the monolith split apart. A blinding light poured forth, and the travelers shielded their eyes. When they looked up again, they saw a figure standing before them. It was tall and thin, its skin as white as bone. Its eyes glowed with an unearthly light, and its voice was like the rustling of dead leaves. Greetings, travelers, the figure said. I am the guardian of the monolith. What brings you to this place? The travelers were speechless, staring up at the figure in awe and terror. Speak, the guardian commanded. What is it that you seek? Finally, one of the travelers stepped forward. It was a woman, her eyes wide with fear. We seek knowledge, she said, her voice barely above a whisper. The guardian nodded, its eyes fixed on the woman knowledge it repeated and what will you do with this knowledge the woman hesitated then spoke again we we seek to understand the mysteries of the universe she said to learn the secrets that have been hidden from us for so long the guardian regarded her for a long moment then turned its gaze to the rest of the group and what of the others it asked what do they seek the travelers looked at one another uncertain of what to say finally one of them stepped forward We seek enlightenment, he said, to understand the true nature of existence and our place within it. The Guardian nodded again, its eyes gleaming. Very well, it said. You may enter the monolith. But be warned, the knowledge you seek may not be what you expect. With that, the Guardian stepped aside, and the travelers made their way into the opening that had appeared in the monolith's shattered walls. Inside, the air was thick with a strange energy, and the travelers felt as if they were walking through a dream. The walls were covered with symbols and images, some of them familiar, others completely alien. As they walked, the travelers began to feel a sense of unease creeping over them. It was as if they were being watched, not by the Guardian, but by something far older and more sinister. And then they came to a room, unlike any they had ever seen. The walls were made of a strange, pulsating substance, and the air was thick with a strange, acrid scent. In the center of the room stood a pedestal, and on the pedestal rested a small, glowing orb. It was the source of the energy that filled the room, and the travelers could feel its power washing over them. Slowly, hesitantly, they approached the pedestal. As they drew closer, they could feel their minds being pulled into the orb, as if it were a living thing, feeding on their thoughts and emotions. And then, suddenly, the orb shattered. A blinding light filled the room, and the travelers were thrown to the ground. When they opened their eyes again, they were no longer in the monolith. They were in a different place, a place of darkness and fear. The sky above them was black, and the air was thick with a sense of malevolence. They had entered a realm beyond their understanding, a world of horror and madness. The travelers were no longer in control of their own minds, and they found themselves doing things they never thought they were capable of. They were consumed by a hunger for power and knowledge, and they were willing to do anything to achieve it. Slowly but surely, they began to turn on one another. Friendships turned to bitter rivalries, and alliances crumbled in the face of greed and ambition. In the end, only one of them remained. A man who had once been kind and gentle, but who had been twisted and corrupted by the power he had gained. He stood alone, surrounded by the ruins of his former companions. He had achieved the knowledge he had sought, but at what cost? As he looked out over the desolate wasteland that had become his domain, he realized that he was no longer human. He was something else, something far older and more terrible. And as he laughed, a sound like the rustling of dead leaves, He knew that he would be the guardian of the monolith for all eternity, a twisted parody of the noble being that had once stood before the travelers. And so it was that the monolith became a place of horror and despair, a gateway to a realm of darkness and madness. And those who sought its secrets were forever changed, consumed by a hunger for power and knowledge that could never be satisfied. Orphanage of the Dead. In the late 1800s, in the small town of Clifton, England, There stood an orphanage, nestled in the rolling hills just outside of town. The orphanage had been established by a wealthy philanthropist, who had passed away many years prior, leaving his fortune to the care of the orphans. The orphanage had a reputation for being a dark and eerie place, with strange occurrences and unexplainable events taking place within its walls. It was said that the spirits of the deceased children still haunted the orphanage, seeking revenge against the living. The story begins with a new group of orphans arriving at the orphanage. Among them is a young girl named Sarah, who has been orphaned after the death of her parents in a tragic accident. She is greeted by the matron of the orphanage, a stern and imposing figure who warns her about the strange occurrences that take place within the orphanage. Sarah is nervous, but determined to make the best of her situation. As Sarah settles into her new life at the orphanage, she begins to notice strange things happening around her. Doors open and close by themselves, objects move inexplicably, and she hears the voices of children whispering in the darkness. Despite her fear, she refuses to believe that the orphanage is haunted, and instead seeks logical explanations for the strange occurrences. One night, as Sarah is lying in bed, she hears a voice calling to her from the darkness. She follows the voice down a long, winding hallway, where she encounters a strange old woman. The woman introduces herself as Mrs. Fairfax, a former matron of the orphanage who had passed away many years ago. Mrs. Fairfax tells Sarah that the orphanage is indeed haunted, and that the spirits of the deceased children are seeking revenge against the living. She warns Sarah to be careful, and to trust no one. As the days pass, Sarah becomes increasingly convinced that the orphanage is indeed haunted. She begins to see the spirits of the deceased children, who seem to be trying to communicate with her. One night, she follows one of the spirits down a dark staircase, where she discovers a hidden room filled with old toys and books. As she explores the room, she hears a voice calling to her from the darkness. The voice belongs to a young boy named William, who had died in the orphanage many years ago. William tells Sarah that he and the other deceased children are trapped in the orphanage, unable to move on to the afterlife. He explains that they are seeking revenge against the living, and that they need Sarah's help to break the curse that has trapped them in the orphanage. Sarah agrees to help William, and together they begin to unravel the mystery of the haunted orphanage. As Sarah and William investigate the haunted orphanage, they begin to uncover a dark and sinister plot. It seems that the current matron of the orphanage, Miss Grey, is a practitioner of dark magic, and has been using the spirits of the deceased children to further her own twisted agenda. Sarah and William realize that they must confront Miss Grey and put an end to her evil deeds. Sarah and William sneak into Miss Gray's office, where they discover a book of dark magic and a ritual circle drawn on the floor they realize that Miss Grey is planning to sacrifice one of the living children in order to gain even more power. Sarah and William try to stop Miss Grey, but are caught. Miss Grey laughs and taunts them, telling them that they are too late to stop her. She begins to chant an incantation, and the room is suddenly filled with a dark, swirling mist. Sarah and William are thrown to the ground, and they watch in horror as Miss Grey begins to transform into a monstrous creature. Just as all seems lost, Sarah remembers something that Mrs. Fairfax had told her. She remembers a chant that can break any curse, no matter how powerful. She begins to chant the words, and the room is suddenly filled with a blinding light. Miss Gray screams in agony as the curse is broken, and the spirits of the deceased children are finally able to move on to the afterlife. Sarah and William emerge from Miss Gray's office, and are greeted by the other children. They are hailed as heroes, and are praised for their bravery in standing up to the evil matron. The orphanage is transformed, with the once-eerie atmosphere replaced by a warm and welcoming environment. Sarah and William are now able to rest easy, knowing that they have put an end to the curse that had haunted the orphanage for so long. They are hailed as heroes, and are able to enjoy their newfound sense of safety and security. The spirits of the deceased children are finally able to rest in peace, and the orphanage is now a place of joy and happiness. Years later, Sarah returns to the orphanage as an adult. She walks through the halls, remembering the events that had taken place so many years before. As she wanders through the now happy orphanage, she can't help but feel a sense of gratitude towards the spirits of the deceased children. Without their guidance and assistance, she would never have been able to break the curse that had plagued the orphanage for so many years. She leaves the orphanage, knowing that it will always hold a special place in her heart. The Curse of Silver Lake As the sun began to set on the dusty plains of the Wild West, a lone rider on horseback approached the outskirts of the long-abandoned town of Silver Lake. The rider's name was Jack, and he had been traveling for days in search of a new start after a tragic event that had left him reeling. Silver Lake had been a prosperous mining town in its day, but after the veins of silver had run dry, the townspeople had packed up and moved on, leaving the once-bustling streets eerily quiet and still. Jack had heard rumors of strange happenings in the town, but he was a man of science and didn't believe in ghost stories. As he rode through the main street, Jack couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched. The wooden buildings creaked in the wind, and the occasional tumbleweed blew across the dusty ground. He pulled up outside the abandoned saloon and dismounted, drawing his coat around him against the chill in the air. Inside the saloon, Jack found a dusty bottle of whiskey and poured himself a drink. As he took a sip, he heard a faint whispering sound. He put his ear to the wall, but the sound stopped. He shrugged it off and took another drink. Suddenly, he heard a loud banging noise from upstairs. Jack quickly drew his gun and crept up the creaky stairs, his heart pounding in his chest. As he reached the top of the stairs, he saw a shadowy figure dart into one of the rooms. Jack cautiously approached the room and pushed the door open, gun at the ready. Inside, he saw nothing but an empty room with a dusty bed and a rocking chair. He scanned the room, but there was no sign of anyone or anything that could have made the noise. Suddenly, the rocking chair began to move on its own, creaking back and forth. Jack aimed his gun at the chair, ready to fire, but then he saw something that made him freeze in terror. There was a faint figure sitting in the chair, a ghostly apparition with glowing eyes. Jack's hands trembled as he tried to steady his aim. The figure stared at him with a malevolent grin, and suddenly the room was filled with a deafening noise. It was as if a thousand voices were screaming in his head, and he felt like his mind was about to explode. Jack stumbled back and fell to the ground, dropping his gun. The figure disappeared, and the room fell silent once again. Jack lay there for a few moments, trying to catch his breath and steady his nerves. He realized that he had to leave Silver Lake and never look back. As he made his way back down the stairs, he heard a faint whispering sound once again. This time, it was clearer, and he could hear a voice saying his name. Jack, the voice whispered. Don't leave. We need you. Jack froze in terror. He turned around, but there was no one there. The voice continued to whisper, growing louder and more insistent. Stay. We need you to set us free. Jack's mind raced as he tried to make sense of what was happening. He had to get out of the town before it was too late. As he made his way out of the saloon, he saw that the town was no longer empty. The streets were filled with ghostly figures, all staring at him with glowing eyes. They floated toward him, their voices echoing in his head. Stay, Jack. We need you. Jack turned and ran, his heart pounding in his chest. He mounted his horse and spurred it into a gallop, leaving the town behind. As he rode away, he realized that the ghost town of Silver Lake had been cursed by an evil entity, and that he had stumbled into the middle of its grasp. The entity had been using the ghost town and its inhabitants as a vessel for its power, and now it was using Jack as a means to free itself from its prison. Jack rode through the night, not stopping until he reached a small town on the other side of the plains. He tried to put the events of Silver Lake out of his mind, but the memory of the ghostly figures and their haunting whispers stayed with him. Days turned into weeks, and Jack started to feel like he was being followed. He saw shadows moving in the corners of his vision and heard whispers in his ear. The entity was still trying to reach him, to use him as a way to escape its prison. Jack knew that he had to find a way to stop the entity before it was too late, He decided to return to Silver Lake, armed with knowledge of how to banish evil entities from his years of study in the occult. When he arrived at Silver Lake, Jack saw that the town had changed. The buildings were no longer dilapidated and the streets were no longer empty. There were people moving about, going about their business as if the town had never been abandoned. Jack approached a man walking down the street and asked him what had happened to the town. The man looked at him strangely. What do you mean, stranger? This town has always been here. Jack realized that the entity had altered the town's reality, making it seem as if it had never been abandoned. He knew that he had to act fast before the entity's power grew stronger. He made his way to the saloon, the site of his previous encounter with the entity. This time, he was ready. He had brought with him a collection of protective talismans and a vial of holy water. As he entered the saloon, he saw the entity in its true form for the first time. It was a monstrous creature, with tendrils of shadow reaching out from its body. Its eyes glowed with an otherworldly light, and its mouth twisted into a malevolent grin. Jack held up his talismans and sprinkled the holy water on the entity, chanting incantations in a language long forgotten. The entity screamed in fury, lashing out with its tendrils, but Jack stood his ground. Finally, with one last burst of energy, the entity was banished back to the void from whence it had come. The town of Silver Lake returned to its abandoned state, and the ghostly figures disappeared. Jack rode out of the town, his heart lighter than it had been in weeks. He knew that he had done the right thing, and that the curse of Silver Lake had been lifted. As he rode off into the sunset, Jack couldn't help but wonder if there were other cursed towns out there, waiting for someone to come and banish the evil that lurked within. He vowed to always be ready for whatever dark forces might come his way, for he knew that he was the only one who could stop them. Haunted Doll Jenna had always been fascinated by the paranormal. She spent her weekends watching shows about ghost hunters and reading books about haunted houses. So, when she found an old doll at a garage sale, she knew that she had to have it. The doll had a strange energy to it and Jenna felt like it was calling to her. As soon as Jenna brought the doll home, strange things started to happen. Doors would open and close on their own and Jenna heard unexplained noises in her home. She started to feel like the doll was watching her and she couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. Despite her unease, Jenna couldn't bring herself to get rid of the doll. She felt like she had a connection to it, and she was determined to find out what was causing the strange occurrences in her home. Jenna started to research the history of the doll and found out that it had belonged to a little girl who died tragically. She started to believe that the little girl's spirit may be haunting the doll, searching for comfort and companionship. Jenna reached out to a paranormal investigator who confirmed that the doll was indeed haunted. The investigator advised Jenna to get rid of the doll, but Jenna couldn't bring herself to do it. She felt like she had a responsibility to help the little girl's spirit and to offer her comfort. Jenna's research led her to a local historian who specialized in the history of the town. She met with the historian to discuss the history of the little girl and the events that led to her death. Jenna found out that the little girl died tragically in a fire that destroyed her family's home. The doll was the only item that survived the fire, And it was passed down through generations of the little girl's family jenna realized that the little girl's spirit may be attached to the doll and that she may be seeking comfort and companionship she felt like she had a responsibility to help the little girl's spirit and to offer her a way to move on to the afterlife jenna started to research different ways to help the little girl's spirit move on to the afterlife she consulted with a spiritual advisor who advised her to perform a cleansing ritual over the doll and invite the little girl's spirit to move on Jenna performed the cleansing ritual over the doll and invited the little girl's spirit to move on to the afterlife. She felt a sense of relief and calmness in her home. The energy felt lighter, and she felt like she had finally put the ghost to rest. As the days went by, Jenna started to feel like something was missing. She realized that she had grown attached to the doll and the little girl's spirit and felt like she had lost a part of herself in the process. Jenna's research led her to a spiritual advisor who specialized in communicating with spirits. She set up a meeting with the advisor to discuss her experience with the haunted doll and to find a way to honor the little girl's memory. Jenna's meeting with the spiritual advisor led to a breakthrough in understanding how to honor the little girl's memory. She started to feel like she had a connection to the afterlife and to the spirits who had moved on. Jenna started to offer her services as a spiritual advisor to others who were struggling with paranormal activity. She became a source of comfort and guidance to those who were experiencing the unknown. Jenna realized that she had changed, she no longer feared the paranormal activity in her home. She knew that she had a responsibility to offer comfort and guidance to others who were struggling with similar experiences. She felt like she had finally found her purpose in life. Jenna continued to experience paranormal activity in her home, but it no longer frightened her. She knew that the little girl's spirit was still with her, but she had found a way to live with it in harmony. One day, A woman named Sarah contacted Jenna for help with paranormal activity in her home. Sarah explained that she had recently purchased an old doll from a garage sale, and ever since she brought it home, strange things had been happening. Jenna knew immediately that she had to help Sarah. She could sense the energy of the doll, and she knew that it was haunted. She agreed to meet with Sarah to discuss the situation. When Jenna arrived at Sarah's home, she could feel the energy of the doll as soon as she entered the room. She explained to Sarah that the doll was haunted and that she had experience in dealing with haunted dolls. Jenna performed the same cleansing ritual over the doll that she had performed on her own haunted doll. She invited the spirit of the little girl to move on to the afterlife and to find peace. As Jenna and Sarah waited for the cleansing ritual to take effect, they heard unexplained noises in the room. They could feel a strange energy in the air, and they knew that the little girl's spirit was still with them. Jenna explained to Sarah that sometimes it takes time for spirits to move on and find peace. She advised Sarah to keep the doll in a safe place and to offer it love and companionship. As Jenna left Sarah's home, she realized that she had found a way to help others who were struggling with paranormal activity. She knew that sometimes the things we fear the most can teach us the most valuable lessons. Jenna continued to offer her services as a spiritual advisor to others who were struggling with paranormal activity. She became known as the, haunted doll expert, and was sought out by people from all over the world. Years went by, and Jenna grew old. She continued to offer her services as a spiritual advisor, but her health started to decline. She knew that her time on this earth was limited. One day, Jenna passed away peacefully in her sleep. Her legacy lived on, and she continued to be remembered as the woman who helped the haunted dolls find peace. Years after Jenna's passing, a young girl named Lily found an old doll at a garage sale. The doll had a strange energy to it, and Lily felt like it was calling to her. Lily took the doll home and placed it on her shelf. As she drifted off to sleep that night, Lily felt a sense of comfort and companionship. She knew that the little girl's spirit was with her and that she was not alone. She smiled and drifted off to sleep, grateful for the lessons that the haunted dolls had taught her. Vanishing Road John and Sarah had been planning their road trip for months. They had been looking forward to visiting Sarah's family on the other side of the country and exploring the open road together. As they drove down the deserted highway, John felt a sense of excitement and adventure. He had always loved road trips, and he was eager to see what lay ahead. Sarah, on the other hand, felt a sense of unease. The highway seemed endless, and there were no other cars on the road. She couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. As they continued to drive, John and Sarah noticed strange occurrences happening around them. They saw buildings and landmarks disappear before their eyes, and strange figures appeared on the road in front of them. John tried to brush it off as a trick of the light or a figment of their imagination, but Sarah knew that something was wrong. She urged John to turn back, but the road behind them had disappeared, leaving them stranded on the endless highway. As they continued to drive, John and Sarah realized that the road seemed to be leading them in circles. No matter which direction they went, they always ended up back where they started. John tried to keep his spirits up, but Sarah was becoming increasingly worried. She knew that they were trapped in a strange and dangerous situation, and she couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching them. As they continued to drive, the figures on the road grew more frequent, and the buildings and landmarks that they passed seemed to be disappearing at an alarming rate. John and Sarah knew that they had to find a way off the endless highway before it was too late. As they tried to find a way off the highway, John and Sarah realized that they were up against a powerful and unknown force. They were unable to find any signs of civilization or any way to contact the outside world. The group of people that they had found at the gas station were just as lost and confused as John and Sarah. They had tried everything they could think of to escape the endless highway, but nothing seemed to work. As they continued to drive, John and Sarah realized that they were running out of options. They knew that they had to find a way off the endless highway before they were trapped there forever john and sarah decided that they needed to work together with the group to find a way off the endless highway they knew that they couldn't do it alone and they needed all the help they could get they started exploring the surrounding areas hoping to find a clue or a guide that would lead them to safety they searched through old abandoned buildings looked for hidden pathways and tried everything they could think of to escape the endless highway As they searched, they noticed that the strange figures on the road were growing more frequent. They knew that they had to be careful, but they were determined to find a way off the endless highway no matter what. As John and Sarah and the group continued to explore, they started to notice that they were being followed. Strange figures appeared behind them, lurking in the shadows and watching their every move. They tried to run, but the figures seemed to be always one step ahead of them. John and Sarah realized that they were up against a powerful and unknown force that was determined to keep them trapped on the endless highway forever. As they continued to run, John and Sarah and the group stumbled across a strange and eerie structure in the middle of the highway. They knew that they had to enter the structure and find out what lay inside. As they entered the structure, John and Sarah and the group found themselves in a dark and eerie room. They heard strange noises coming from all around them, and they knew that they were in danger. Suddenly, the room was filled with a blinding light, and they found themselves transported to another dimension. They were surrounded by strange and otherworldly creatures, and they knew that they were in a fight for their lives. John and Sarah and the group fought valiantly against the creatures, but they soon realized that they were no match for their supernatural powers. They knew that they had to come up with a new plan if they were going to survive. As they were fighting, John and Sarah and the group noticed a small portal opening up in the distance. They knew that they had to make a run for it if they were going to escape the Endless Highway. They fought their way towards the portal, taking down as many creatures as they could. They finally reached the portal and jumped through, not knowing where it would take them. As they emerged on the other side, John and Sarah and the group realized that they were free. They were no longer trapped on the Endless Highway, and they knew that they had overcome the impossible. They looked back at the Endless Highway, knowing that they had left something behind but they also knew that they had gained something more valuable, a sense of strength, resilience, and the knowledge that they could overcome anything that life threw their way. As they made their way back to civilization, John and Sarah and the group knew that they would never forget their experience on the endless highway. They had been tested and pushed to their limits, but they had emerged stronger and more determined than ever before. The Dark Side of Moon Vienna, a brilliant and ambitious astronaut, leads a team of scientists and engineers on a mission to explore the dark side of the moon. She is determined to uncover the secrets of the moon, no matter what it takes. Vienna had always been fascinated by space. As a child, she would spend hours staring up at the stars, dreaming of one day traveling to distant worlds. Now, as an adult, Vienna had achieved her dream. She was the leader of a team of scientists and engineers, on a mission to explore the dark side of the moon. Vienna was determined to uncover the secrets of the moon, no matter what it took. She knew that this mission could change the course of human history, and she was determined to make it a success. As Vienna and her team prepared for the mission, they faced numerous challenges. Technical issues and personal demons threatened to derail their mission before it even began. Vienna knew that the success of the mission depended on her team's ability to work together. She encouraged them to put aside their differences and focus on the task at hand. Vienna and her team launch into space, filled with excitement and anticipation for what lies ahead. They are eager to explore the dark side of the moon and to uncover its secrets. Finally, the day of the launch arrived. Vienna and her team were filled with excitement and anticipation as they boarded the spacecraft and prepared for liftoff. As they soared into space, Vienna and her team felt a sense of awe and wonder. They were eager to explore the dark side of the moon and to uncover its secrets. Vienna and her team encounter numerous obstacles on their journey to the moon. They must overcome technical malfunctions and navigational errors. The journey to the moon was not without its challenges. They also had to confront the harsh realities of space travel, including the toll it took on their physical and mental well-being. Despite these challenges, Vienna and her team remain determined to reach their destination and to carry out their mission. The team starts to unravel, as tensions rise and secrets are revealed. The scientist becomes increasingly obsessed with the moon's secrets, while the engineer and the pilot struggle to keep the team together. As the team continued to explore the dark side of the moon, they began to feel the weight of their situation. Tensions rose between the team members, as they struggled to come to terms with the fact that they were stranded on the moon with no way home. Dr. Chen became increasingly obsessed with the moon's secrets. She was determined to uncover the mysteries that lay hidden beneath the surface, even if it meant putting the rest of the team in danger engineer rodriguez and pilot lee struggled to keep the team together they knew that they needed to work together if they were going to make it out alive but it was becoming increasingly difficult to do so the team explores the dark side of the moon discovering strange and mysterious phenomena they encounter alien artifacts and strange otherworldly creatures that they cannot explain as the team continued their exploration they encountered strange and mysterious phenomena they saw alien artifacts and structures that defied explanation They encountered creatures that were unlike anything they had ever seen before, strange and otherworldly. Despite the danger, Vienna and her team were excited by the discovery of these mysteries. They knew that they were experiencing something truly unique and important, and they were eager to learn more. They realized that they may have stumbled upon something that could change the course of human history. One day, as they were exploring the dark side of the moon, Vienna and her team stumbled upon a hidden underground complex. The complex was filled with ancient technology and mysterious artifacts, unlike anything they had ever seen before. As they explored the complex, they realized that they may have stumbled upon something that could change the course of human history. They knew that they had to learn more, no matter what the cost. The team realizes that they are not alone on the moon, as they are confronted by hostile alien forces. They must fight to protect themselves and their discovery, as they face a deadly new opponent. They were confronted by hostile alien forces, who were determined to stop them from uncovering the secrets of the moon. They knew that the stakes were high, and that failure could mean the end of their mission, and their lives. The team is captured by the hostile alien forces, and it seems that all hope is lost. The team members are forced to confront their fears and their mortality. The team fought valiantly against the hostile alien forces, but in the end, they were captured. It seemed that all hope was lost. As they were imprisoned, they realized that they might never make it home. They were faced with the possibility of spending the rest of their lives on the moon, trapped in a hostile alien world. The team members confront their deepest fears and their past mistakes, as they struggle to find a way out of their dire situation. As they sat in their prison cells, the team members were forced to confront their deepest fears and their past mistakes. They realized that they had taken their mission for granted, and that they had put themselves and their team in danger. They were surrounded by enemies, and they had no way to contact Earth. They came up with a plan to escape from their prison and to find a way back to Earth. They used their skills and their knowledge to outsmart their captors, using their ingenuity to find weaknesses in the alien forces. The team successfully escapes from their prison and discovers a way to repair their equipment and contact Earth. They make it back to Earth, where they are hailed as heroes for their bravery and their determination. The team successfully executed their plan, escaping from their prison and discovering a way to repair their equipment and contact Earth. They had accomplished what many had thought was impossible, and they had brought back valuable information and technology from the dark side of the moon. Vienna and her team had proven that there was still so much to discover in the universe, and that the possibilities were endless. Despite the dangers and the challenges they faced, they had remained true to their mission and to each other. They had shown that the human spirit was capable of achieving incredible things, even in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. As they looked back on their journey, Vienna and her team knew that they had been forever changed by their experiences. They had seen things that few others had ever seen, and they had accomplished things that few others had ever thought possible. But most importantly, they had proven that the human spirit was capable of achieving anything, no matter how difficult or dangerous the journey may be. And they knew that the future of space exploration was brighter than ever before, thanks to their bravery and their determination. Keeper of Lighthouse The lighthouse sat atop a craggy, windswept promontory that jutted out into the roiling sea. The only access to the lighthouse was a treacherous set of stairs that clung to the side of the cliff, carved out of the rock by the lighthouse's previous keepers. The lighthouse was a solitary place, cut off from the rest of the world by the tumultuous sea that surrounded it. The current keeper of the lighthouse was a man named Gregor. Gregor was a solitary figure, content to spend his days tending to the light and his nights reading books by the fire. He had taken on the job of lighthouse keeper after the previous keeper had disappeared without a trace, leaving behind only a few cryptic notes about the strange things he had seen and heard in the lighthouse. Despite the eerie reputation of the lighthouse, Gregor had never experienced anything out of the ordinary during his time there. He dismissed the previous keeper's notes as the ravings of a madman and went about his duties with a calm detachment. However, that all changed one stormy night. The wind howled and the rain battered against the windows of the lighthouse, shaking the building to its foundations. Gregor sat in his armchair, reading a book and sipping on a cup of tea, when he heard a strange noise coming from the stairway. At first, he thought it was just the wind playing tricks on him, but the noise persisted, growing louder and more insistent. Gregor got up from his chair and cautiously made his way to the door. He opened it and peered out into the darkened hallway, but he could see nothing. Just as he was about to close the door and return to his book, A cold breeze swept through the hallway, causing the candles to flicker and dance. Gregor shivered and wrapped his coat tighter around himself, his mind racing with thoughts of the previous keeper's warnings. Over the next few days, Gregor noticed that things were not quite right in the lighthouse. Strange sounds echoed through the halls at night, and he would often wake up to find that objects had been moved or rearranged while he slept. He tried to dismiss these occurrences as nothing more than his imagination, but he couldn't shake the feeling that something was amiss. One night, as he sat by the fire, he heard a voice calling his name. Gregor, the voice whispered. Gregor, come to me. Gregor jumped up from his chair, his heart racing. He looked around the room, but there was no one there. The voice continued to call his name, growing louder and more insistent. Finally, unable to resist the call any longer, Gregor made his way to the stairway and began to climb the stairs, his heart pounding in his chest. As he climbed higher and higher, the voice grew louder and more urgent. Gregor felt as though he was being pulled towards something, but he couldn't quite make out what it was. Suddenly, he reached the top of the stairs and found himself standing in front of the lighthouse's beacon. The light shone bright and steady, illuminating the surrounding sea and cliffs. Gregor looked around, confused. He had expected to find something up here, some explanation for the voice that had been calling him. But there was nothing. He shook his head and turned to make his way back down the stairs, but as he took his first step, he felt a hand close around his ankle. He yelped in surprise and looked down to see a pale, skeletal hand clutching at him. Who are you? Gregor cried out, trying to pull his leg free. But the hand held fast, pulling him towards the beacon. I am the keeper, a voice whispered in his ear. The keeper of the light. Gregor struggled against the grip of the hand, but it was too strong. He felt himself being pulled towards the beacon, unable to resist the call of the keeper. As he was pulled towards the beacon, Gregor saw something that made his blood run cold. Standing at the foot of the lighthouse was a figure dressed in a long, black cloak. The figure beckoned to him with a bony finger, and Gregor knew that he had no choice but to follow. He descended the stairs and approached the figure, feeling a sense of dread creeping up on him. But as he got closer, he realized that the figure was not what it seemed. Underneath the cloak was a woman, her face pale and gaunt, with deep, sunken eyes that seemed to stare into his soul. Who are you? Gregor asked, his voice trembling. I am the mentor, the woman replied. I am here to guide you. Guide me where? Gregor asked. To the truth, the woman replied. To the truth about this place, and about yourself. Gregor followed the woman through the winding halls of the lighthouse, his mind racing with questions. Who was she, and why was she here? What did she know about the strange occurrences that had been happening in the lighthouse? As they walked, the woman spoke to him in hushed tones, telling him stories of the lighthouse's past and the strange things that had happened there. She spoke of the previous keeper, who had disappeared without a trace, and of the strange voices that could be heard echoing through the halls at night. Gregor listened intently, his fear and curiosity growing with each passing moment. He felt as though he was on the verge of discovering something truly incredible, something that would change his understanding of the world forever. Finally, they arrived at a small room at the top of the lighthouse. The woman motioned for Gregor to enter, and he stepped inside, his heart racing. Inside the room, Gregor saw something that made him gasp in surprise. The walls were covered in strange, glowing symbols that seemed to pulse with an otherworldly energy. In the center of the room was a small pedestal, upon which rested a book bound in black leather. The woman motioned for Gregor to approach the book, and he did so cautiously, feeling as though he was about to embark on something truly dangerous. As he reached out to touch the book, he heard a sound behind him. He spun around, his heart racing, to see a figure standing in the doorway. It was the previous keeper, the one who had disappeared without a trace. The man's eyes were wild, and his hair was unkempt. He held a strange device in his hand, and he was muttering to himself in a language that Gregor did not understand. The woman stepped forward, her eyes flashing with anger. You were not invited here, she hissed. You have no business in this place. The previous keeper laughed, a wild, manic sound. I have every right to be here, he spat. This place belongs to me. I have been here for centuries, watching, waiting. Gregor watched in horror as the previous keeper lunged forward, brandishing his strange device. The woman stepped forward to intercept him, but he swatted her aside as if she were nothing. Gregor knew he had to act fast. He reached out and grabbed the book, feeling a surge of energy course through his body as he did so. The previous keeper turned towards him, his eyes blazing with anger. You have no idea what you're doing, he snarled. But it was too late. Gregor had already opened the book and begun to read the strange, otherworldly script within. As he read, he felt a sense of power coursing through his veins, as though he had unlocked some long-forgotten secret of the universe. The previous keeper lunged forward, but Gregor was ready for him. He raised his hand, and a bolt of energy shot forth, striking the man square in the chest. The previous keeper let out a howl of pain and rage, then disappeared in a puff of smoke. Gregor stood there, panting and sweating, his mind racing with the implications of what he had just done. He had defeated the previous keeper, but at what cost? What had he unleashed upon the world? The woman stepped forward, her eyes blazing with a strange, otherworldly light. You have done well, she said. But there is still much to be done. Gregor nodded, his mind focused on the task at hand. He had to get to the bottom of the mysteries of the lighthouse, no matter what the cost. The woman led him back to the top of the lighthouse, where the beacon shone bright and steady. This is where it all began, she said. This is where you will find your answers. Gregor approached the beacon, feeling a sense of trepidation creeping up on him. He knew that whatever lay ahead would be dangerous, but he also knew that he had no choice but to press forward. He closed his eyes and took a deep breath, then stepped into the light. As soon as he entered the light, Gregor felt as though he was being pulled apart at the seams. He screamed in agony as his body was torn apart, his mind consumed by a vortex of otherworldly energy. For what seemed like an eternity, he was lost in a sea of chaos, his very being unraveling before his eyes. But then, slowly but surely, he began to pull himself back together. He opened his eyes, and found himself standing on a desolate plain, surrounded by a swirling maelstrom of energy. In the distance, he could see a towering figure, its form shrouded in mist and shadow. He knew that this was the source of the strange energy that had been plaguing the lighthouse the source of all the strange occurrences that had been happening there he approached the figure his heart pounding in his chest as he drew closer he could see that it was not a single entity but rather a collection of beings all fused together into a single horrific entity you have come a long way the entity hissed its voice echoing through the void but it is too late we are already here gregor gritted his teeth his mind racing He knew that he had to defeat this entity, no matter what the cost. He reached deep within himself, drawing upon the power that had been unlocked within him. A bolt of energy shot forth from his hand striking the entity square in the chest. It let out a howl of pain and rage, then lunged forward to attack. Gregor fought back with everything he had, summoning bolts of energy and unleashing them upon the entity. But no matter how hard he fought, it seemed as though the entity was invincible. Just when he thought all was lost, something inside him clicked into place. He realized that he had been fighting the entity with the wrong mindset, that he had been trying to defeat it using force alone. He closed his eyes and focused on the energy within him, letting it flow freely through his body. He reached out with his mind, searching for a weakness, a vulnerability that he could exploit. And then, he found it. A small chink in the entity's armor, a weakness that he could exploit if he acted quickly. He summoned all of his energy and unleashed it in a single, focused burst. The energy struck the entity in its weak spot, causing it to shudder and writhe in agony. And then, just like that, it was gone. The maelstrom of energy dissipated, and Gregor found himself standing alone on the desolate plain. For a moment, he just stood there, panting and sweating, his mind racing with thoughts and emotions. He had defeated the entity, had saved the lighthouse and possibly even the world from its malevolent influence but at what cost? He looked down at his hands and saw that they were trembling, his body racked with exhaustion and pain. He knew that he had been changed forever by this experience, that he would never be the same again. And yet, there was a sense of triumph, of accomplishment, that he couldn't deny. He had faced the greatest challenge of his life and had emerged victorious. That was something that he could take pride in, no matter what the cost. He resolved to stay in the lighthouse, to continue his work as its keeper, and to see what the future held. Thank you for tuning in to Haunted Grove. We hope you enjoyed today's show and we can't wait to share more with you in our next episode. Be sure to subscribe to Haunted Grove on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review to help others discover our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.